Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. There's an old story about a woodcutter who was on his way home one bitter winter night when he saw a poisonous snake lying frozen stiff in the snow. His first impulse was to pass it by, but then he said, this too is one of God's creatures. How... So he took it home and warmed it by the fire. And when the snake came back to life, it bit and killed his two children. We shall do a variation on this all-too-familiar theme during the next hour. Why do they stand and look at me like that? I have told them you are a god. Me? A god? Oh, yes, my lord. A god. Do they believe it? Oh, they will, my lord. If... If what? If you perform a miracle. And you shall. I told them you could. How could you tell them such a thing? Because, my lord, I believe you are a god. Aren't you? Our mystery drama, The Gratitude of the Serpent, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Paul Hecht. I'll be back shortly with Act One. But they referred to themselves and were known as the Tenocas. Their capital, which is now Mexico City, was called Tenochtitlan. They were fierce, intelligent, skilled in the arts of war and craft of peace. And yet their well-trained veteran army of hundreds of thousands of soldiers was no match for a handful of Spanish adventurers who swept away their mighty empire in almost the blink of an eye. Why was their downfall so sudden, so devastating, so complete? This was and shall always be one of the world's greatest mysteries. I have no choice. I must 
tell you. Tomorrow come the commissioners of the Tenocas. Couldn't you spare me? They travel all through Mexico to choose the victims who must be sacrificed to Texcatlipoca. They call him the god of the sun. But he is the god of death. He can only be nourished by blood. And so each year he needs hundreds of victims. He shall not have you. They will not take you. Loveliest maidens and the most handsome youths. Last time they didn't notice because you had not yet flowered. Father, please. I don't want to become a slave. Is it better to become a victim to be dragged up a hundred steps to be seized by their bloody-handed priests stretched out upon an altar and to have the living heart cut out of your breast? No. Child... Do not be frightened. This will not happen to you. Look, he comes. You see his boat? A traitor. Listen, he is a good man, an old friend. He has promised to sell you to good people. Kind people. I am frightened. Child, the god of our people, the god of kindness. Quetzalcoatl shall look after you. No. shall return in 520 years. This will come to pass in our lifetime. He will return and do battle with Texcatlipoca, conquer him, and the earth shall smile again. Believe me, child, I speak the truth. The large canoe came into the inlet, and it was the trader. He was a tall, heavy-set man. His men plied the paddle, and they all appeared afraid of him. Indeed, I was afraid of him myself. But he seemed to be a friend of my father's. I spoke pleasantly for a while. Then I was told to get into the canoe. We sailed far down the coast to a place I had never seen before. It was a large village, the people I had never heard of. They were called Maya. The trader took me into his own dwelling. He was kind to me. What is your name? Marina. That is not a name. It only means a Malina woman. There are thousands of them. Isn't that so? Yes. But only one of you. Isn't there? Well. Yes. Therefore, you have to have your own name. We make it a pretty name. Eh? Let me see. Oh, what is a pretty name? Blue Star? <laughs> it has to be a Christian name. Christian? What is Christian? I don't know. It's just the Spaniards say they're Christians. Who are the Spaniards? I don't know that either. They say they have come from across the sea. 
They have very large, thick, wide boats with huge white sails. And they ride on animals that look like deer without horns. And they wear clothes made of metal which arrows cannot pierce. And they have long tubes which belch forth flame and smoke and, and which kill. I shouldn't wonder. Are they perhaps gone? Yeah, that could very well be. It is my plan to sell you to their leader. But first, we must give you a Spanish name. Instead of Malina, we shall call you Marina. Marina. Oh, yes. It pleases me. Marina. And now, we shall learn to speak Spanish. very hard. And after a while, I not only was able to speak in the language of the gods, but also to think in it. The trader was quite pleased with my progress. It's that thunder. How? There is not a cloud in the sky. No, no, my pretty Marina. That is the cannon of the Spaniards. Cannon? What are... Come, 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 come. Let us move to the beach. See out in the water. Oh, what is that? A boat. Such a boat. Such a boat as I told you about with the huge white sails. The leader of the Spaniards has already bought you. He comes to take you with him. Am I to go to heaven with him? You will probably go with him to Tenochtitlan, where he will talk to the Tenoka king, Montezuma. You see, a smaller boat. Leave the side of the larger one to come ashore. And the leader of the Spaniards is standing in it. (laughs) Your new master. My master? He is named Fernando Cortez. He was dressed completely in metal. The sun shone on his helmet and breastplate. Was it true what my father had told me? The prophecy that the good king, God of our people, Quetzalcoatl, would return to battle the evil god of the Tenochtitlan, the blood-drinking Tezcatlipoca? He did not look like the pictures I had seen of Quetzalcoatl. But as everyone knows, gods may change their shapes. Why could he not be the god? He must be. And he has to redeem his people. What are you called? My name is Marina. Marina. My favorite. It's the very name I would have given you myself. We went on board his great ship. It was truly a place of wonder. And I was the most fortunate of women. Anyways, the gods are like men. They must eat and drink like men, make love like men. There are times when they unburden their hearts to a woman. It seems there was another god. His name was Velasquez. Who is 
Velasquez looked? Well, little one, it depends on whom you ask. King Charles would call him Governor General of Hispaniola and Cuba. He calls himself Overlord of the entire New World. And what does my lord call him? A cowardly dog. Ambitious for power, glory, and riches. Who has neither the courage nor the capacity to gain these things for himself. And is jealous of the better men he sends to do his bidding. I'll get the better of him yet. Shall my lord make war on him? (laughs) You're a girl after my own heart. Of course I'm making war on him, even now. But why? The land of the Tinocas is bursting with gold and silver. He's afraid I shall take too much of it for myself. Gold and silver? Is that what you want? That's what all of us want. This is why King Charles has sent us here, to gather it for him. Gold and silver? Is that all? Gold and silver is everything, little one. If there had even been a fleeting doubt, it disappeared completely. Now I knew he was a god. Had he merely been a man, he would have desired the land of the Tenochtitlan for the very things that are important to men. The corn in the fields, the fish in the water, the skins of the animals, the fruits on the trees, without which men cannot live. But gold, silver, did they feed the stomach, warm the body? Do you know where we are now, Marina? Yes, my lord. This is my country. Your country? Oh, yes. That is the inlet where the trader bought me. And I recognize the house in the village. Oh, I never thought I would see this land again. Diego, bring her about. Ready to drop anchor. Pedro, prepare the pinnace. We shall row ashore. These people, your people, are they are they warlike? Oh, no. That is why they have been conquered by the Tanoja. Pedro, load her with casks to fill with fresh water. Marina, come with me. My daughter. Arthur. Who is she? My master. Tell him we come here in peace. My master says he comes here in peace. I do not believe him. Father. He lies. About what? He says he is a man of peace. Oh, he is? Then why does he look like a man of war? I can see the love of war in his eyes, on his face, the way he stands. Step aside, child. You must not be hit by a stray arrow. What are you saying, Father? What is it, Marina? Father! All the men of our tribe, they are hidden in the trees behind the rocks. Each has already bent and aimed his bow. Father, we are not warlike. That has been our downfall never again. Now we shall fight. We shall kill these strangers before they can enslave us. I know they have not come here to enslave us. No? No, Father, believe me. They have come here in order to save us. And they will save us. we know of history, the conquistadors claimed they came to the new world to save the souls of the poor heathen Indians. Whether they did or not, we must certainly agree that they didn't save their bodies. At any rate, here we have some Indians who don't want to wait 
to find out. Will the conquest of Mexico end right here? No. It shall continue in just a few moments in Act Two. The conquest of Mexico is about to begin. A handful of Spaniards have just landed on a sandy beach, which is the present site of the city of Veracruz. The conquest could also be about to end. Like all momentous events, it hinges on an infinite number of imponderables, not one of which can be foreseen or controlled. Is that what history really is? A spin of the wheel? Why not? It makes as much or as little sense as any other explanation. Father, they have come to save us. These men, these warriors. They are not men. They are gods. Gods? What is he saying, Marina? I don't like the look of this. No. Do not reach for your sword. Do not move. Why? Behind every tree, every rock, is an archer. With his arrow aimed at your heart. Then we'll die fighting. It is best not to die at all. Let me talk to him. Father, I tell you again, they are gods. And he, this one, who stands next to me, is Quetzalcoatl. Blasphemy. Why is it blasphemy? You told me yourself. When Quetzalcoatl left Tula, he said he would return in ten eras, 520 years, to reclaim the Toltec Empire. Mark, he, he, how can he be our great god? Is this not the exact time, Father? Yes. If... If only... Yes? If only he could prove that he is the great god Quetzalcoatl. He shall. My lord... What is happening, Marina? My lord, you must bring some of the cannon from the ship and also the archibuses and the horses. And why must I go to all this trouble? Because you are a god. And you must show your thunder and lightning. And a hush fell over the Indian people as the ships were unloaded. There were cries of astonishment at the sight of the horses. When the men mounted them and raced up and down the beach, people gasped in wonder. See, Father, see! This is indeed a marvel. What, what are those men doing there? Men, Father? God! What are they doing with those... Those round things. Those are guns. They splinter trees. Yes, Father. They call down fire in destruction. Like gods. Truly like gods. The miracle, my child. The miracle has taken place. Quetzalcoatl has not forgotten his Toltec people. He has come back. the people wishes to kneel before you and pledge his homage. Will you accept him as your devout believer and vassal? Say I accept him. Tell him to rise. Rise? Father? Tell him I want food and water for my men. Tell him to send a runner to Montezuma to inform him that I have arrived. And I will accept his submission. I told these things to my father and he nodded. All would be done. There was something he wished me to say to our Lord. Something of the utmost importance. 
say to him that we, the oppressed people, must overthrow the Tanokas. And with his help, we shall be victorious. Freedom cannot be given by a god. It can only be won with God's help. And we must fight for ours. I will lead an army of our people and march with him. Tell him and beg him to accept. But although he now had food and water, my lord was not happy. My lord... Are you troubled by Velasquez? Velasquez? <laughs> Little one, you remember. Oh, it's in God's hands. God? But you are God. There are many gods among us. And all of us vie for the favor of the greatest. And who is he? King Charles. And I shall, in the end, win that favor. Yes, my lord. How? I shall load these ships with Tanoka gold and silver to the waterline and send them back to him. And do you know what he shall do with all that treasure? No, my lord. He shall make himself the holy Roman emperor. He shall rule the world. I will have made his dream come true. And I shall be rewarded. With what? These magnificent new lands. I shall be viceroy. All the gold and silver shall flow to him through my hands. <laughs> and enough shall stick to my fingers. Then why is my lord worried? If we find silver and gold, then King Charles will believe the lies I tell him about Velasquez. But if there is none to be had, he will believe the lies Velasquez tells him about me. Sail ho! A ship. Yes, I see it. And the pennant. Those are Velasquez colors. The scoundrel, he's found me. Juan Jaramillo. Captain Cortez, I have a warrant for your arrest. Have you? It is signed by His Excellency, the Governor General. Uh, yes. Yes, I see. Velasquez always did have a tiny, cramped, crabbed handwriting. It suits him. And what is to happen now, Don Juan? You will sail back on my ship. Under command of my lieutenant, Orestes Diaz. And I am to remain here in charge of your troops. Uh, what are you staring at, Don Juan? I, I beg your pardon, Captain. I should have said, at whom are you staring? Oh, was I uh, staring? Yes, yes, you were. Her name is Marina. She is my interpreter. Captain, it is so long since I have looked at a beautiful woman. Well, it is always permissible to look. Now, for less important matters, your warrant for my arrest, how do you propose to execute it? Sir, I would assume that you would abide by the orders of your superior. One always listens to one's superior. But at this point, what is superiority? In force, for example, how many ships do you have? One. Ah, I have eleven. And how many cannon do you have? Two. I have twelve. How many men? Fifty. I have five hundred. In all the important aspects of superiority, mine is ten times greater than yours. I take it, then, that you refuse to obey the warrant. I consider the warrant ill-conceived, impractical, and against the best interests of His Majesty King Charles. I could uh, 
assemble my men and try to take you by force. That is a possibility. But I'm not sure my men would obey me. That is a probability. And I would be killed? That's a certainty. And so, Captain, if you will permit, I shall tear up the warrant. And I place my men and myself and my ship at your disposal. We are yours to command. We shall join you. This new god is Don Juan Caramillo. And he was handsome. He looked at me the way many men have looked at me. <laughs> was he mad? I belonged to his master. He tried to find opportunity to talk with me, but it was never about love. He had too much respect for our master. And he was also afraid. Marina, I must speak with you. Yes, my lord Juan. Talk to him. He listens to you. Talk to him? About what? There's treason. Some of his officers are supporters of Governor Velasquez. I know. You know? And he knows too. They have found out I came here to arrest him on Velasquez's orders. They're afraid to follow him now would be to defy Velasquez. That is true. They are trying to get the troops to mutiny. Marina... I am saying this to prove how loyal I am to the Captain General. Why should anyone question your loyalty, Lord Don Juan? Because if Cortez were to be arrested or killed, removed from this place, or removed from this life, then... Then? It's best we don't talk about it. You must go to him, warn him, make him do something. I know who they are. Francisco Gonzalez yes. and Pablo Fantana, Guillermo Uvalde, Rodrigo Cuevas, a few others, but those are the cream of the crop. Then why do you permit them to live? I need them. I cannot do without them. Francisco is the best artilleryman in the world. Pablo is as strong as ten men in a fight. Guillermo, Rodrigo, there are no better officers. But what good are they to you? You cannot trust them. Ah, little one, how clearly you perceive the difficulty. And what shall my lord do? Have no fear. Your lord shall find a way out of it. But the disaffection was out in the open now. The following day, the men all gathered about the ships. It was clear that would be trouble. They were afraid to disobey Governor Velasquez. They were also afraid to disobey Cortez. He spent much time conferring with Don Juan and some of his trusted friends. Finally, Don Francisco Gonzalez came forward. Captain, I have been appointed spokesman. For whom? For all the officers and men. Captain, we respect you, but we... Cannot be pawns in this your quarrel with the Governor General. My quarrel? Go back home. Settle it. It isn't your quarrel? This isn't your fight for gold and glory? You ask us to commit treason. Treason only if we fail. It's fame and the Emperor's favor if we succeed. We have families in Spain who can be punished. Betray me and you have families who shall be disgraced. Enough talk, enough soul-searching... I shall make the decision for you. Juan, 
Where are the men with the torches? Here, Captain. Are the musketeers and the crossbowmen ready? Ready. Have them fire at any man who tries to stop us. Forward! What are you going to do? Cortez, what are you going to do? Step aside, Francisco, or be shot. Are you mad? What are you going to do? some act of madness, that is, apparent madness. But we know Hernando Cortez by this time. There's a keen and calculating intelligence behind every move. And if he appears to be crazy, then he's as crazy as the proverbial fox. In just a few minutes, Act Three. again, the conquest of Mexico can come to an abrupt, inglorious end before it even gets off the ground. But although everything seems to be in an advanced state of confused cross-purposes, we know that there is a sure and steady hand that is manipulating all the strings. It belongs, of course, to, and yes, we can call him that, one of the greatest con artists in history, Hernando Cortez. What are you going to do? You mean it isn't obvious, Francisco? We are going to burn the ship. Madness! You men, you hurt him! We must stop him! It's too late, Francisco. The first man who raises his hand will be cut down. Juan, have your men move forward. Burn the ships! Suddenly, several dozen torchbearers were climbing aboard the ships. Soon the entire fleet... All 11 vessels were blazing. And soon, the proud little flotilla was nothing more than charred timbers. What have you done in the name of the Lord? What have you done, Captain? I have made your decision for you. How can we return to Cuba? We have no ships. You cannot return to Cuba. You must go forward to Tenochtitlan and conquer this land. Listen. Listen, all of you. Do you hear? Those are the drums of the Toltecs, the Mayas, Olmecs, and scores of other tribes. Warriors ready to help us conquer the Tenochtitlan, ready to march with us. Do you know why? Because they believe we are gods, living gods. You have no way to go now but forward. You have no choice but to fight. Fight like gods. Conquer like gods. And you shall become rich as king. Suddenly, the air was filled with wild sounds of acclaim for Cortez. Cortez the conqueror. Cortez forever. He smiled. He acknowledged their cheers. But he was a wise god. Later that night, he said to me... Let me fail them. Let them believe I have failed them. And they shall be just as eager to hang me. The conquest of the Tenokas proceeded. Here and there, the Tenokas and their allies appeared to fight, to turn us back. Francisco, set the guns here. Yes, Captain. Juan. Captain. Take 50 horsemen, ride forward. Engage them briefly and then retreat quickly. Yes, Captain. Marina, 
Say this to your father, the chief. All our Indian allies must be spread out on either side of us. On my command, they are to close in with the enemy. Make him understand that. Yes, Captain. The plan is to have Don Juan lure them back here. When they come into cannon range, we shall destroy hundreds of them. Then your father's people shall close in and dispatch the rest. Don Juan lured the enemy into the trap. And then my father led the warriors into the battle. In the end, there were thousands of dead on the field. But I noticed all the dead were Indians. Not one white man had perished. I looked at my lord in wonder. He could read my thoughts. Yes, child. You have just learned the first law of survival. Arrange to have other men die for you. But how many must die? Who knows? Life is cheap. That's why there's so much of it. Well, life may be cheap. It is very dear to him who has it. Captain, do we move forward? Always, Juan, always forward. Never backward step. Conquistadores, forward to gold and glory. Day by day, battle by battle, we cut a bloody trail toward... Tenochtitlan. And day by day, the dead piled higher. They were always Indian dead. And then suddenly, all resistance is over. It is now believed that these white men are gods. Immortal gods. And so, we come to the great city of Tenochtitlan, the home of Montezuma himself. It is a place of wonder. Conquistadores, we have arrived. We are surrounded by gold and silver. I order you to conduct yourselves like gentlemen. Looting will be punished by death. Every man will have his just share. Marina. Lord. Who are these richly dressed men? Oh, they are nobles who come to welcome you to Tenochtitlan. It is beneath my dignity to be greeted by any save Montezuma himself. Tell them if he does not come here at once, I shall call down fire and destruction upon the city. He came. Montezuma, the king of the Tenoka, the terror and the scourge of all Mexico. And yet, all of his splendid plumage and costume, all the bright gold and silver ornamentation, could not conceal the fact that he was a rather quiet-looking, slender man of perhaps 40 years of age, whose mind always seemed to be somewhere else. Speak to him as I have instructed, little one. My lord demands your obedience, king of the Tenokas. Who is your lord? To give orders in my city. My lord is the Spaniard Hernando Cortez. He speaks in the name of the Emperor of Spain, Charles V, soon to be lord of this world. My lord is also the god Quetzalcoatl. Blasphemy! He has fulfilled the prophecy. He has returned. He sits before you on his magic animals. 
kneel before him. How may I be sure he is indeed the god? Very well. He shall reveal himself in all his awful might. My lord, the king demands proof of your divinity. Proof he wants, proof he shall have. Francisco Gonzalez. Captain. Point one of the cannon at the doorway of that house. Yes, my captain. Blow it open. Gunner, stand by with the match. Aim. Fire! A howl of terror went up from the multitude. People by the thousands fell to the ground in attitudes of fear and worship. My Lord Cortez sat quietly on his horse. Finally, Montezuma rose to one knee and bowed his head. I... I am now his to command. He will surrender, my Lord Cortez. Good. Let him hand me the scepter. Lord. Yes? I... Speak up. Is it not enough that he bows? Must you also have the scepter? I must have the scepter. But, my lord, it is too much, too soon. There are those who will be angered and they will fight. And they will be killed. The scepter. As my lord commands. King Montezuma of the Tanojas. My lord Cortez who is also Quetzalcoatl, demands the scepter as a symbol of your submission. But the scepter is holy to the god Texcatlipoca. Texcatlipoca is dead. Must I give him the scepter before all the people? Shall he once more call down fire and destruction? Suddenly, the vital spirit... The life force went out of his body. His eyes lost all color. His entire body trembled. He handed the scepter to my lord Cortez. At this, a great sigh went up from the people. And in the crowd, I could hear shouts of anger. Suddenly, a Tanoka warrior raised a mace and smashed the skull of a white soldier. The man fell dead to the ground. There was a silence. And then a Tanoka shout. They are the gods! They are men! They die! We'll have to fight. Gonzalez, fire into the crowd. Musketeers, crossbowmen, fire! Don Juan, Pablo, seize it. Seize Montezuma. Hold the dagger to his throat. He shall be a hostage. Marina, tell the crowd to stand back. Tanoka people! Tanoka, raise a hand against the gods, and your king will die! King Montezuma, I have no wish to kill you. I no longer desire to live. I have humbled myself before an enemy of my god, Texcatlipoca. I wish to die. He wishes to die, my lord. I refuse to accommodate him. He is my safe conduct. King, my lord will not let you die. He cannot stop me. I shall force the life to flow out of my body. Soon, I shall be dead as a husk of corn without the ear. My lord, look. He dies. He dies. 
with him the empire of the Tanokas. There was heavy fighting after this. Thousands and thousands died. And my Lord Cortez won. I thought I would die on the day that victory was finally his. Little one, I must return to my king with ships filled with gold and silver. We shall meet again. My Lord will not take me with him to Spain. I had dared to hope. I had forgotten I was merely an Indian and a slave. You shall be well taken care of. I give you as a precious gift to one of my dearest friends. My Lord is kind. To a man who truly loves you. Don Juan Jaramillo. Do you take her, Don Juan? If she will have me, will you, Marina? What have I to say? I am only a slave girl. No. You shall be my wife. <laughs> and he shall be your slave. Oh, I cannot believe it. But after a while, I believed it. I came to believe many things. That Cortez was not the god Quetzalcoatl. That he had not come here to free us, but enslave us. That the Spaniards were no better for us than the Tanocas. That we had exchanged one bad master for another. Yes, I was no longer the naive, trustful Indian girl. Like the goddess Eve of my new religion, I had tasted of the fruit of knowledge. And it was bitter. not as bitter as it might have been. Her husband, Don Juan Yaramillo, became governor of a province, and she held court as his great lady. Things, however, did not go too well for Hernando Cortez. Like most of the conquistadores, he ended badly. He fell out of favor with the king and died in poverty, bitter and frustrated, while lesser men reaped the fruits of his glory. Isn't it ever thus? I shall return shortly. Thursday, the best-selling novel and acclaimed motion picture for television becomes a dynamic new series. Nurse, Emmy Award-winning actress and star of The Waltons, Michael Leonard stars as Nurse Mary Benjamin, picking up the pieces of her life and the career she left 20 years ago. I'm a widow. I have a grown son. And in a few days, I will be 40 years old. She has more responsibility than she ever dreamed of and a new role as a single parent. Michael Leonard stars in Nurse, Thursday at 10, 9 Central and Mountain on CBS Television. This is E.G. Marshall with a question. Of all medications for acid indigestion or heartburn relief, which one is right for you? For years, Maalox has been recommended most by doctors. Now, the antacid ingredients in Maalox, plus an extra ingredient, are in Maalox Plus tablets. Smooth, good tasting, and Maalox Plus tablets work fast to relieve acid indigestion or heartburn. But don't just take my word for it. Try Maalox Plus tablets. You'll find you can't do better. Use only as directed. Hello, this is Mary Tyler Moore for the American Diabetes Association. Each day presents us with choices. But if you have diabetes, you have no choice. You must learn how to live with diabetes, or you won't live very well or very long. 
The American Diabetes Association will teach you or someone you love how to live. We teach diabetes survival. We have the information you need. Call your local American Diabetes Association. We're in your phone book. Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein, Nelson Rockefeller, Bruce Jenner, Thomas Edison, Leonardo da Vinci, all brilliant, talented, creative people who overcame learning disabilities. There are an estimated 10 million children in this country who are learning disabled, and they can be helped. We owe it to them and to ourselves. Send a contribution to FCLD, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. Danielle Steele, author of The Promise, knows how a woman really feels. Her new bestseller, Palomino, is about a woman who has everything until her husband leaves and well, Danielle Steele knows that sometimes love demands a terrible choice and sometimes love has no choice at all. Palomino, with all the emotions a woman feels because Danielle Steele knows. Palomino, a new Dell Trade paperback. Our story is called The Gratitude of the Serpent and its message is pertinent to this day. Very rarely are we destroyed by forces from the outside. Those who do us in are usually the ones that we have nourished in our bosom, who have enjoyed our bounty. The milk of human kindness often turns sour, but it cannot be helped. If we feed the serpent, he will destroy us. Yet if we don't, we become what he is. Humanity never had easy, simple, clear-cut choices. That's why we have so many tales to tell. Our cast included Paul Hecht, E.V. Juster, Bob Caliban, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.